Hey everybody, it's Jack here. I hope you're doing really well. Thank you so much for clicking onto the TNC podcast. The new season is nearly upon us and over on our YouTube channel, we'll be doing daily uploads through pretty much the whole season. If you haven't already, head over there and drop us a subscribe. It's completely free and you'll be notified every time we upload a new video. Also, ahead of this podcast, we'd love for you to leave it a review. We're currently on 230. Once we hit 300 reviews, we'll be giving away a £20 Amazon voucher. So if you want to be in a chance with winning, please do leave us a five-star review. And without further ado, please do enjoy this episode of the TNC Podcast. On the ball, City, baby. Let's go. Just a block. Wow. Hello and welcome to the first TNC opposition preview of the season and I brought out a big gun straight away. It's Matt, CEO of Bull Street. Matt, how are you doing? Very good, thank you, mate. Um, I'd say I'm excited about the season, but that would be a, a complete lie. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be tough for us, man. Is uh, it? Are you that worried? Yeah, uh, yeah. We we are in a state. I mean, we haven't actually because we've been just trying to get on the call, right? We haven't even been through any any of the kind of prep talk that you would have. But yeah, we're in we're in bad shape. <laughs> really? Yeah, really bad shape. Well, that's music to my ears. And um, Matt, one of the things I really want to get into straight away is the revolution that's happened at Norwich kind of happened at Huddersfield. And arguably, you, you you managed to taste a bit of the fruit of that before we nabbed him. Apologies about that. Um, what sort of legacy has Stuart Weber left behind at Huddersfield? And, 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 and what sort of impact has it had on Huddersfield Town Football Club? Um, it's, look, it's an interesting question. And it's difficult, like, you know, there's a saying that success has many fathers and failure has none, right? And and that spell was a successful spell for us to kind mm. of to sit here and, and, and really um, unravel, you know, the kind of it and go, what was Weber, what was Wagner, what was, Wagner, what was uh, Dean Hoyle. Um, it, it's difficult to really tell. Um, but... That said, you know, there's no question that he um, he brought in Wagner and um, seemed to be instrumental in some of the people that we brought in, some of the loans. And um, so, yeah, he, he I think he went, he was quite rated. I think what was disappointing about him, and, and again, I don't know this, right, because I'm just a fan, right? I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I'm just a fan, so I, 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 I can pick up what I pick up and sort of, but, but I don't know, I wasn't there, you know. Um, but it, it seemed like he was, um, we were quite close to, to being in the Prem. We'd been up in the top few spots all year. And then I think that he actually um, was, I don't know whether he was found trying to get a new job or he actually got one. I'm not really sure what happened. But all I know is that he jumped ship just before the playoffs and, and then we got up. So uh, it's not like everybody was then sat um missing him or worrying about him because I think that you know and people that, that play a little bit more of a of a back room you know away from the grass kind of role often maybe don't get 
their roles aren't necessarily understood or, or it's not tangible necessarily. So it's difficult for me to sit here and tell you he's good, he's bad or whatever, but um, we got up and then we were in the Prem. And I think that the step that we were taking, um, because again, people get carried away with the football perspective of it. But what I look at, we went up in the playoffs, right? We went up about six to eight weeks after Brighton and Newcastle had gone up. And really, we'd gone, we had no right to be in the Premier League. We'd gone from um, being maybe the fourth lowest budget in the championship to all of a sudden being in the Premier League. And I think that the the logistical and the operational step that an organisation has to take in that short space of time is... Um, it, it is ridiculous. There's probably no other occasions in business or life where such a transition has to happen uh, in such a short space of time. And to bring in a change of a new contract, everything to do with the commercial side of the club. Uh, and what people probably don't know is that when it comes to getting into the Premier League, there are a whole lot of, uh, of modifications you have to make to the, yeah. the stadium to accommodate the Sky Camp. Just all these little bits and pieces. Our very small club and very small management team yeah. are doing that. So I think that probably would have been in better shape if we'd have had him stay because really mm. the signings that we made in the Premier League, um, certainly year two, I would say haunted us. So it's very difficult for me to really go, this is what Weber did, what would have happened. Um, yeah. I feel we'd have probably been in better shape, but I also feel that we were kind of on an, an impossible mission whereby it, it was nigh on impossible to actually go up and, establish yourself and who'd want to do that anyway because Premier League shit as you know <laughs> that's what I keep telling myself in that it's so interesting to get into the head of a Huddersfield fan because we've kind of been on a similar journey as well and one of the things that I'm again like perfectly tails on before we get on to one particular signing in, in Mr Pritchard is how I know you've said you're in terrible shape at the moment but just how bad has it been since you've been relegated from the Premier League how why has there been why has the hangover been so bad for Huddersfield? Well, I'd say the hangover. Um, so when we got promoted, it was that was like a if you want to let's play with this metaphor about, about this hangover, okay? Okay, so we, went, we went out and we we went out on the razzle and got promoted, and then we stayed in the Premier League. So we went out for then like it was two absolute benders on the trot, and then. <laughs> And I don't know if you've ever been on like a weekend like that. The hangover starts before it ends, really. And our hangover started probably, I mean, I don't know, again, how much of this really gets through apart from it in football, but um, maybe in about November, I'm just going to guess, of, of our second season in the Premier League, um, the chairman, Dean Hoyle, was taken ill. And he was a... Um, uh, like Delia, a fan and an owner, mm. don't have business. This wasn't on TV, but it was like the card shops. You know, like you get these card factories or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his business. Um, and he got ill, and all of a sudden, the club and again, a small management team. You know, uh, small operations, um, probably heavily dependent on a couple of people. Like the, the, it's more like a dictatorship in something like that. And um, he got ill and then the club was on a bit of a bad run and then uh, Wagner left and they kind of didn't really recover. So it went all the way through. They brought in a new guy from Dortmund. He didn't really seem to have Wagner because Wagner got a lot out of those players. Like 
and so we ended up getting relegated um, pretty early. Um, and we, and I don't know about you, right? Because I think you're a bigger club than us. You've been kind of in and around the Premier League most of my life. You've been maybe up and down. Yeah. You, always, you always seem to be. Um, you've been up there. We haven't been up there in my lifetime. This was the first time. Okay, so you're definitely a bigger club on recent history. You didn't win the league three times in a row. You're not like us, you know, in the 1920s. Yeah, like, yeah. massive there. Um, but that in, in any of our lifetimes. So yeah, when you look at, I don't know what it's like for you, but what happened for us is um, the fans lost perspective quite a lot. And for me, I'm looking and thinking, look, what, the, what did you actually expect? And look at all these cultural mm-hmm. uh, and and environmental factors that actually make this an impossible jump for us, right? Um, and I can kind of separate that and, and work that out and therefore have realistic expectation. Mm-hmm. So what's it like for you? Do, do you guys, do your fans lose the plot? I would expect that they do. I lose the plot. Do. I think the difficult thing is is that um, when you are, as you said, like when you go up to the Premier League, you're full of jubilation, you're full of hope. And there's this kind of this poetry, this 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 kind of heartiness of football, which you get carried away in and you just think that your your smaller team can do it. And I think part of the problem for Norwich, see, I think something that Huddersfield do have on their side in terms of expectations is you are one of the smallest clubs in the championship, in my humble opinion, feel free to disagree with that. There is history there, but in terms of size and structure. And so when you go to the Premier League, it's literally impossible. Whereas with Norwich, I always, I, I always felt that we could nick a win, but saying that you guys managed to stay up and we didn't. So who am I to, to say yeah. that? And um, well, we, we managed to get rid of Weber, which I think was key to staying up. Um, <laughs> Well, we'll see. It's I'm going to be. I'm playing, playing. playing. But, but just to bring us to where we are today, right? Yeah. We, um, so we went down, and the club was just in in a state like everyone had lost perspective. It was a ship without an order because of Dean Hoyle. He then um, sold the club on, and the new guy that's come in, um, colloquially known in the Huddersfield fan base as Potless Phil. Um, there's a lot of rumours and talk that he's basically used, and this is rumours, obviously. I don't know any of this this stuff. I'm just kind of saying that the, the type of thing, that's, that the narratives that exist within the Huddersfield Town fan base is that he's using the parachute money in order to pay to buy the club, and therefore we've been selling off all our assets, the likes of Moy, the likes of Billing, um, you know, probably a, a load of others as well, um, whose names almost escaped me but we've um so we, we came down with nothing and the first 10 games of last season like it was in, we, we i think we had two draws and like eight defeats so we came down and it was bad because a lot of the players that we signed they signed for the premier league not for Huddersfield. Yeah. well matt pritchard i really want to talk about pritchard in, in particular whilst you're on it because of course, we, you, you signed him from us for quite a big fee in um, back in 2018. And I'll be honest with you, Matt, I was gutted. He was just so good for Norwich. And I remember Daniel Farker at the time being extremely disappointed. What the hell has happened to Alex Pritchard at Huddersfield? Because, you know, even in the Premier League, there was games where he wasn't playing. And I was thinking, there's something not right there. What What is the real story behind Alex Pritchard and Huddersfield? Mate, I mean, so, so number one, I was a fan of his um, before.
before we signed him. I think we got the double over the year we went up. But he yeah, looked... smashed us. You took it to the carpet cleaners, honestly. You yeah. played the park. Very impressed. Yeah, we were good. Uh, and, and all of us, when we signed, so we quite liked Pritchard. Um, but we needed a number 10. We didn't really have a number 10. And I thought when we signed him, I was pretty chuffed. I also, there was rumours we were after Madsen at the time. So this is before he went to Leicester and whatever. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, cool. He, he looks like a real player as well. Um, we definitely got the wrong one. Like Pritchard just hasn't been, he hasn't been fit. He he hasn't like, like I saw Madsen for example in the Prem, and he looked like he relishes it. Like Ian Wright, when I spoke to Ian Wright about, it, he talks about people that relish the occasion, and and there's those that go up and they're like in the Prem, and it's a bit like oh shit. Yeah. And then there's those people that go there, and it's like right, fine, yeah, we're in it, let's do this. And he looks. Um, just like he wants the ball, like he thinks he's the best player on the park. This is Madsen, obviously. Yeah. Whereas Pritchard just looked immediately... Um, Rabbit headline? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and, and the guile that I always felt he had seems to have, have, have been lost. And, and now I look at him, and, and he's, to be honest, he always seems to be injured or pretty, you know, he comes in for a little bit. But he's, he, he just doesn't actually seem to have the confidence... But this is the thing, right? And again, because this is something that football fans like get lost in, right? They think it's FIFA, like as in this is a a piece of comp code that's got these certain attributes. Yeah. Yeah. Put them on the pitch, cool. There's my 95 pace and my 92 finishing. I like that. These are human beings, right? And all human beings like are a part of the environmental factors that that that, that create the context. Uh, and, and culture is a big part of that. And yeah. the culture at our club, had, I think that the combination of losing a lot in the Premier League, losing then um, the, the losing actually two key pillars within that that smaller organisation, mm-hmm. and then coming down, and then lo- the club actually losing what it because Dean Hoyle, the, the previous owner, um, maybe his legacy is slightly tarnished. I don't know, but. There was always a great deal of pride in him as an owner, and to lose that, it just feels like the culture of the club is, is quite is quite lost, and, oh. and I think that that's translated with the players. So Pritchard could go someone else and look like a world beat. It happens in football all the time. But we've got a, a few players that are still, and, and that brings you to the Cowleys, right? Which is they did an amazing job. Um, why? Why like, that? That, I'm not sure that decision made sense to me from the outside looking in. But what do you think from a Huddersfield perspective? Like, why did you sack Danny Crowley so you know so so late on in the season? My um, so it doesn't make sense. Like it, it doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? So again, we the team after ten games have got two points. You got it, going, didn't you? I remember you really got going at one point. Yeah, it, it, they were dead. Like like literally, I I was saying. I remember when they were talking about getting rid of him and, and they did get rid of him. And I was like, you could bring in Mourinho, Fergie, um, Arteta, uh, Pep Guardiola, Zidane. You could have these guys literally like working on it like an apprentice task, right? Yeah. And they are not squeezing enough out of it. A, to have kept us up when Wagner left, but B, to turn that around, it was, they were, it was dead. Like everything was absolutely dead. And the Cowleys, and I don't think that they realise the size of the task, because when you've got that losing culture and that feeling of, oh, Moy wants to leave, everyone wants to leave, the chairman's leaving, no one, none of the things that made this good are here anymore. 
you get that toxic culture and so as soon as there's a bit of adversity people cave in you know like, like people, people give in right especially when the accountability is in a group of people rather than on one person so like these are the some of the human elements that go on that that mean that certain players mm-hmm. at times and, and and unquestionably um the Cowleys turned that round. How they got us up, I don't know. Um, and again, I think that, the, that some of the support wasn't happy with the quality of the football. Again, I'm sorry, but ha- they've managed to turn this around. And they've still got some yeah, of stay up, yeah, 100%. So I, I, I think that it was crazy, but I'm guessing it was probably because um, of money. I think that they maybe were, promises were made to them when they came in. Um, yeah. They were clearly mandated to be looking for next season and thought that they would be and then as soon as we were pretty much they then sacked him and now they brought in a guy who is um i mean i don't know right like (laughs) go on what what is he (laughs) leads under 23 manager so like 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 really how you 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 know crying out loud uh, I tell you what, Matt, you've, you've really, you've actually worried me. Is the honest truth. When I went on, when I arranged this with you, I thought, oh, this would be really nice. Talk to Matt. Matt will, Matt will butter up Norwich and say how we'll be absolutely fine. But what you've highlighted there, you speak a lot about culture and you speak a lot about toxicity and, and how easy it is after you face that, that almost that first or second piece of adversity in the championship. That worries me sick with Norwich City. It worries me sick because we've still got a lot of the players in our squad that were bullied and beaten up and burnt in the Premier League. And it does worry me that we won't be able to face the the, the rough adversity of the Championship. I hope I'm completely wrong. I really do. Um, but what you've said there does worry me. Matt, moving on now. Um, one really interesting point that I noticed is your three centre-backs, Schindler, Elphick, Stearman, all over 30, Norwich City have just brought in some serious pace. And I know this isn't a game of FIFA, but does Norwich City coming to Huddersfield Town, does it worry you at the weekend or are you feeling quite confident? Do you think you'll stay defensively sound? You could literally go and get a bunch of your mates and turn up on Saturday and leave with three points. (laughs) So if you, if you, yeah, you could, like, <laughs> like, I could probably get you the three points now if you want. Do you want the three points? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, there is like, I mean, we lost to Rochdale at home 1 0. There's they've, basically a few of these guys that we bought in the Premier League that we then managed to get out. The Cowley's got them out on loan. They're back. And like Mbenza, Diakabi, two guys that like, I know that they're not watching this, but if you're watching this, should be ashamed of yourself how you can get to this age even if confidence is low how you can get to this age and not be able to and just not look like a footballer it's embarrassing so so i, I think that we're in a we're in a transition right I have no idea what this team's going to be there's a couple of players like carl and grant steve mounier that i'm not sure if they're going to play because i think they're trying to move them on we're like we're actually just cashing in on a lot of players there's going to be a lot of kids this year like yeah. A lot of kids, um, and and I think that that's what they've done is they've thought right, we're actually going to sell players. We're not bringing anyone in, so let's yeah. get in an under twenty three manager who's good at developing mm-hmm. kids, and we're going to play kids. A couple of them look decent. There's a lad called Critchlow who yeah. um, plays, and I hope he plays centre half. 
he's got a, a bit about him. Uh, I definitely like the look of him. Um, now, How are you looking after Harry Toffoli? Mate, he's not player, of course. Our left back is pretty much our main attacking threat. Uh, I tell you no lies. Yeah, he, he's look. He's kind of endeared himself pretty well. Um, every now and again, he'll, he'll get he'll get caught slipping, but he gets forward. Um, he's a hundred percent. He's kind of like he's been a nice a nice addition, really. And I think he was probably one of the key reasons he stayed up actually. Well, Matt, literally, that is the only positive thing that you've said about your team the whole time you've been on this preview. I kind of think you're going to come at me like guns blazing, like in sort of some mode of combat, like some proud in Huddersfield, some pride in Huddersfield. But it no. seems like you are not confident. And speaking of which, Matt, this is interesting. We are completely even in terms of historical results. That's okay. Right, yeah. 13 wins for you, 13 wins for the Mighty Yellows, 17 probably absolutely dross nil-nil draws. What is your head saying in terms of prediction? And what is your heart saying? I mean, look, my, my head and my heart are not, uh, they're not kind of mutually exclusive. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not an, an, an emotional man. You know what I mean? I can kind of look at this quite, quite rationally. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that like, I'd be really, really surprised if it was anything other than a defeat. We're in a transitional period. Um, there's there's players that are going to be on the fringes of it that are these toxic players that, to be honest, I think we did okay under the college part because they got rid of them. So it, yeah. it's, there's no, like, you know, I know that in a football match anything can happen. Um, I know that you might be um, struggling, it's like some players might be, but, like, honestly, you've got, I think you've got probably the easiest fixture to get started with. Go on, what's your prediction? I mean, look, I think we, we I think I can see us getting no goals. Um, I think that you might, you know, you, you might get a couple. It, like, I, I'll be honest with you, it's, <laughs> I've no idea what you're going to get from us for a while. And I, I think, <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough season. Like, I can see, like, there's a lot of people again, right, in football that are basic like you know like, probably the same people that go he's brilliant like why can't you do it here and don't understand those environmental factors are probably the same ones that would look at me on this video and go you're not a Huddersfield fan how dare you but it's like you know what I mean I'm, I'm not going to go here oh yeah I want us like what the f you know what I mean that's just ridiculous I'll be very honest with you the club from top to bottom is in quite bad condition and, okay and it's a very much a rebuild and they're going back to youth the good thing is, look at some of these kids. Do look like they they're confident, look like they want the football. Um, so, so there's, you know, maybe there's a few diamonds that will come from it. But they they they're going to be in a in a state. I, I'm not sure Carlo Grant Munier will be playing. Danny Ward, who we just picked up on a free from Cardiff, he's going to probably be playing up top. Um, but yeah, it, I think it'll be a lot of youth and. Um, Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'd say 2 0 to you, 3 0. 2 0, 3 0. I'll take that. My prediction, mm. I'm going for it. I'm going to say, I'm going to put my, my neck on the line here and I'm going to say 4 1 Norwich City. Right. It's going to be a goal for Huddersfield. I can assure you of that. Trust me. <laughs> set pieces, Matt. Have you got a big brick shit house in your team? No. Nah, oh, no. You well, haven't? 
No, Rochdale scored from a set piece. What are you vulnerable or good at set pieces? Oh, we're awful at set. No, we're dreadful at defending set pieces. So, have you got a big bulky player? No. Um, oh, okay. The clean sheet for us then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Steve Mounier might be, but I, I don't think they're playing him. Okay. Um, but who do you have? You actually done much? Have you brought many in? We we bought a whole team, Matt. Apart from our goalkeeper, we've literally signed eleven players. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting fixture for Norwich, um, particularly because we've just lost to Luton in the cup, which is already raising some questions from from yeah. some pockets of the fan base. So, Matt, yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time. I know all of the work you do at Ball Street, you're an extremely busy man. Um, yeah. If you want to direct abuse or actually try and get Matt back on Twitter, his yeah. handle is below, at MattWilsonTW. So make sure you follow him and make sure you say thank you to him for coming on today. Um, right, apart from that, Matt, any last words? Yeah, the far post. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much. And for all of you watching, I will see you on Saturday back with Jack Reeve. And hopefully, fingers crossed, I will be full to the brim of Estrella after a 4 1 win. Yeah, enjoy, man. Good luck. Enjoy your three points. <laughs>